Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We are making it hot and heavy in my head. I'm like, finally, it's happening. And then someone walks in and turns on the light. And we stop. And the guy that walks in to turn on the light is the guy I have a crush on. So I'm looking at that guy thinking, what? And then I look to my side and it was his roommate. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I'm your big sister and your host, Violetta. Quick shout out to everyone that's listening, whether you're new or an old listener, I just want to say thank you for sticking by me. If you're currently listening to this on Spotify or Apple, so reminder that we are now also on YouTube. So if you want to, you can head over to Almost Adulting YouTube channel and subscribe there. If you're watching right now on YouTube, that's crazy. Thank you for being one of like the 200 people that watched on YouTube since we just started. But if you are watching on YouTube, please click subscribe and like to make sure that it helps with the algorithm. I don't know. That's what one of my friends said. So click like, and then it will push it to in the algorithm. Okay, cool. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, whether you are listening, audio or video. But yes, again, we are now on YouTube, Almost Adulting Podcast. So today is a Tuesday episode. And today's Tuesday episode is all about Reddit confessions. So our social media girl goes out and finds the craziest Reddit stories. And then we share it on the episode. So you guys can go like, what the hell? What the fuck? Makes me feel better about my life. That's the whole point of today's episode. So shout out to the social media girl in the team, which is her name is Viola Benson. It's me. We can't afford uh, social media girls. So I do it instead, but I love it. I'm thankful for it. So lucky to have a job, even though I pay myself zero dollars. Okay, let's start with the first story. I don't know what this one is, but I'm excited to hear it. Let's go. My principal tried to get me fired, so I got her fired from the district. I was in my mid-20s, fresh out of grad school and ready to start my teaching career. I got a job at a Title I elementary school near my home teaching art, and I was super excited that I could walk to work. However, I was so far into la-la land that I didn't notice any of the warning signs. Warning sign number one. It was a week before school started and I had called and emailed the school office staff and my principal to ask about getting my keys and badge so I can start seeing what I needed to do to get ready for the school year. No response and no answer from either. So I called the district office and asked when and where I could pick up my keys and badge. Two days before school starts I get an email from my admin that I should have been more patient and not have contacted the main office about my keys and badge. I finally got everything and was able to get into my room and was horrified with how much I had to get done. Apparently they had used my room as storage so it was loaded with tables and desks stacked on top on each other, eight filing cabinets, and well over 100 chairs stacked all around the room. I managed to clean out the space with help from my awesome custodian shout out to all custodians who are the secret backbones in helping teachers get ready for the school year. I don't know what a custodian is, but I'm assuming it's a, I mean, I could just use Google to Google it, actually. 
It is in my disposal. Custodian. $5 to anyone that can spell it without trying to figure it out on Google. I know I can spell it, even though Google helped me. Custodian is a person who has responsibility for or looks after something. Cool. So great. That solved it. Hurdle number one finished. Warning sign number two. It's now the day of classes starting, and I haven't been informed of what the schedules are, as in, which days I see certain classes and when. So I email my principal, again, asking what the schedule looks like and if there is a digital document that I can print out. I get an email back a few minutes later telling me to stop pressuring and bullying her. I replied, sorry if I was making her feel that way, but it would be nice to know what classes I had and when. This leads to warning sign number three. It's 8.10 a.m., not 10 minutes after school started, and I finally get my schedule, only to find out that I have two classes, at the same time. Note my school isn't huge, but we still had 14 classes serving kinder 6th grade so I was having at least 46 kids in one classroom by myself. Moreover, I had 7 45-minute periods a day and saw every class every day of the week. I had 7 45-minute classes every day. Okay, so he had back-to-back 45-minute classes, 7. Got it, okay. With only a 30-minute lunch, my lunch was when I was on lunch duty. I asked my principal if there was any way we could adjust the schedule, so I had time to plan and get the classroom ready for the next class and wouldn't lose instruction time getting things ready as the new class was coming in. I got yelled at by her with a class waiting outside saying it was my first year teaching and I didn't know what I needed and needed to just deal with it. Well I decided not to just deal with it and I read the teacher's contract for the district. Come to find out we had a section about classroom size. It stipulated that if you had a class over 30 students you get to have an educational assistant to help you with the class. I brought this up with my principal after a month and a half of struggling and was, you guessed it denied and told there was no money in the budget and I would have to make do without it or quit. Mind you, I am stubborn and determined to make things work with what little I have. But things were rough, in order to prep and plan everything for the next day, make meaningful grades, keep up with referrals, and keep in contact with families. I was having to be at the school from 6 a.m. when the morning custodian arrived, till 9 p.m. when the night janitor was leaving, on weekdays, and then also use my weekend time to continue to plan and grade. When I came time for my first teacher evaluation, I was dreading it. However, I got all satisfactory mark from my principal. I was shocked, little did I know this was a plan she had all along. A few more weeks go past and I've had it. I talk with our union about the double classes and say it's not sustainable in a classroom my size can't safely fit more than 30 students, let alone 46 students. And they said they would handle it, and other few weeks go by and nothing. It's not the week of Thanksgiving and conferences are over and I get to not worry about anything for two days. So I decided to go to a potluck dinner with some old friends of mine. So here is the best part, and maybe the part that saved my career and even maybe my sanity. I was talking with one of an old acquaintance and his new husband about what teaching job I landed, and how the school year was going. I let it slip that even though my students were amazing and had such creative minds, it's frustrating to me that I don't have the time to give to them, that they deserve and with two classes at once it's hard to get around to everyone in the class in just 45 minutes. I noticed the husband raise his eyebrow, and asked me what school I worked at, so I told him, what harm could it do, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, little did I know I was talking with my principal's supervisor, I found out the next Monday when my admin stormed into my room at 8.05am to scream and yell at me, threatening to fire me, and make sure I never work in education again. I was shocked and confused at the time. However, later that week at our staff meeting, we talk about a change in the schedule and how only on class would be in my class at a time for an hour now, and I would only see them twice a week instead of all five days. It was magical. The kids were happier, I was calmed, was able to help each individual student if they needed it, and was able to plan enough throughout the day so I could leave at 4 p.m. Sad to say, my happiness didn't last forever. I noticed my principal stalking my room, and coming in nonstop to observe me. It was awkward. I also, had a few of my very extroverted students come in quiet and unable to focus and work, but when I asked them if everything was okay they would burst into tears and say I don't want you to go. Being confused, 
My what? response was always, oh student name I have a absolutely no intentions of going anywhere, you are all the best students a teacher could ever ask for. Which would cheer them up for a while but then they would come in next week upset again. It all clicked when the day before we left for Christmas break, my principal came into my room with one of her minions, who was out building union representative, to tell me I was being put on a teacher support plan. This plan was to evaluate whether or not my contact, with the district, would be up for renewal at the end of the school year. I was Damn. shocked, and my union rep just snickered and walk away giggling with our admin. I felt sick, and abused unable to feel any emotion. It wasn't until I got home and read when this plan detailed was I seeing red. I had hit my breaking point. This is when I started to formulate a plan of revenge. Check out the crazy revenge in part 2 posted now. Wait, is that how it ends? Okay, I don't know if there's like another story to this. Damn, okay. Don't tell my social media girl, but I'm thinking of firing her. Cause she sucks. It seems like the story ended there. I guess a cliffhanger. So maybe next confession corner, I'll find if there was a follow-up. But that's insane. This is when I feel like all the therapy that's now available for everyone in this world and all the mental health that just within our fingertips is making people worse people than they actually are. Because now, instead of people working on themselves, when they see all this material that's available to them, they try to self-diagnose everyone around them. Like, instead of her trying to figure out why she's quote-unquote so triggered by this man who's trying to do his work and his job, she just victimized herself and said, oh my God, in the beginning, she was like, oh, you're bullying me. Like, oh my God, like you're, you're putting too much pressure on me. Stop bullying me because he asked her something, which is actually insane that not similar to that, but I had something similar recently happen to me that I had to think about a lot that eventually made me giggle because I thought I was a fault and then I realized I wasn't. And it was, I met with this guy who wanted to be my manager, represent me to be my manager. And a couple of years prior to this, we tried for him to represent me but like it didn't work out within like within two weeks, he dropped me because he didn't like quote unquote my attitude. And he decided to say that I was difficult to work with. And then he spread the word that I'm difficult to work with. And I never fully understood why. And I decided to just take the blame and learn from it. And then years go by, he wants to represent me again. So we meet for lunch and we discuss. And in the past, I, I did finally confront him and I was like, I don't appreciate you going around saying that and you apologize. But when we met up again and I said, actually, since I'm all about growth, can you tell me what you meant when you said I was difficult to work with? And he said, it's because you follow up, you like follow up and it's really frustrating. It's like, let me just do my job. How funny is that? So I can totally relate. So he put me in the category of difficult to work with because I followed up with him about where my brand deals were going because he ended up losing them for me because he never responded to the, it was two big brand deals back then when I used to make loads of money from brand deals before I was about to buy my house. So that's so funny because I followed up with him and that annoyed him, even though he never replied back to the brands, he categorized me as difficult to work with and then told everyone else around that I was difficult to work with. So can totally relate in some ways to that principle, that sucks. Amika, let's get clinical. Get ready for a night out using Amika's clinically proven shampoo and conditioner duos that leave your hair looking and feeling like you just left the salon. They have so many good products. I don't know how I ever left my house without using them. Not even kidding. I love their hair mask. I swear by their dry shampoos and I just started using their shampoo and conditioner duos. Their products just bring so much shine and life to my hair. 
Their science-backed formulas are powered by nourishing, naturally derived ingredients with no nasties that deliver visible, woe-worthy results for every hair type. That's right, every hair type. And they're kind and clean before it was a thing. Amica is vegan and cruelty-free and plenty positive at Sephora and B Corp certified. Shop all of my favorites right now at loveamica.com adulting and get 20% off of your order. 20% off discounts automatically apply to checkout if you use my link. It cannot be combined with other offers and it expires on November 1st, 2023. So get in now, besties, and have the best hair ever. You're welcome. It sucks when people don't heal themselves and drop their trauma on other people. It sucks that that's his principle and he kind of has no way out of it unless he transfers to another school. And it sucks when you know you're being wronged and then the principal and obviously her little minion are probably both hate their lives or going through their own stuff. So hating other people not only brings them together closer, but makes them feel better for that small little moment that they're ruining someone else's day or hour or whatever. So they're probably walking away like, oh, F this guy. Not even, it sucks. It sucks. And unfortunately, there's a lot of broken people that walk around. And one thing about broken people is that they walk around trying to break others around them. So that sucks. Honestly, for his own sake, I hope he goes to a new school instead of putting up with that because until someone fires her, she's not going to take care of her mental health and she's going to keep ruining everyone else's day. So that sucks. That's that. Okay, let's listen to the next one. What's the most disgusting intimate experience you've had? Several years ago, seeing a local girl and she's at my place, lovely evening moves on to some light kissing, some touching, and pretty soon we're naked. I'm nice. lying back on my bed. She's down using her mouth on me. Now being the gentleman that I am, I am focused on holding in a fart. God, I already hate this. If you were a gentleman, you would just stop and excuse yourself to the bathroom. Do you not think anyone's going to, like, she's down there. She's noticing you clenching. Do you think no one's noticing you suddenly clenching your butthole and suddenly freezing and hardly moving? You're joking, right? But let me guess, this doesn't end well. I could leave and head to the bathroom, but she's seriously good so... I'm just putting all my energy on keeping that fart inside me. Nice. Nothing too difficult. I can handle this if I keep my attention away from how great her mouth feels and focus on keeping my cheeks shut. After a while of fantastic tongue action, she looks up at me from between my legs and says, don't worry. Now up until now I hadn't been worried at all. I was enjoying this evening. I was fully aware of the situation, and I had absolutely no cause to worry about anything. But, now she'd told me not to worry, I started worrying. I started worrying a lot. Oh my God, I know what's going to happen. She's going to try to give him a rim job, aka toss a salad, aka lick his butthole. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I don't know. Let's we'll see. Now, what I would like to say happened next is this. She gently eased a very well lubricated thumb in the back passage while keeping me in her mouth and treated me with care and dignity. That did not happen. This happened. She said, don't worry. I started worrying. And then within a second, she rammed it deep and dry. It felt like sandpaper being parted by a cheese grater. The shock of having a thumb in me with the force of a thousand suns caused several things to happen. One I screamed, two I half sat up, and third and possibly worst, I released the fart I was holding. Which was not, as she suddenly discovered, a dry one. Her thumb was fully in me and I released my clenched sphincter to allow the deep rumbling liquid hell forth. Picture what happens to the water when you put your thumb over the end of a hose pipe and spray it into the air, then replace water with shark, hose pipe with my arse, and the air with her face. She, understandably, jerked hard backward from the brown spray, However in doing this, she pulled her thumb straight back out of me, 
I clenched harder than a camel's eye in a sandstorm, and then for some reason. Finished. She screamed, and ran to the bathroom and turned the shower on. I fell back onto my pillow smelling of sweat, SHT and nut. We don't talk anymore. Wait, hold on, I need to slow this down. I need to understand the ending. I needed to process that, that was just like, hold on. She, understandably, jerked hard backward from the brown spray, however in doing this, she pulled her thumb straight back out of me, I clenched harder than a camel's eye in a sandstorm, and then for some reason. Finished. She screamed, oh. and ran to the bathroom and turned the shower on. I fell back onto my pillow smelling of sweat, SHT and nut. We don't talk anymore. Perfect. So, he sharded everywhere, and came at the same time. You know what? It's gonna be really hard for him to ever top that sex experience. Like, what if that changed something in his brain chemicals? And now, because he got to experience something so prolific and crazy, then now the only way he's now able to orgasm is if he sharts himself at the same time. You know how sometimes there's some things you should just keep to yourself? I think this is one of them. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, that's really funny. And he's anonymous. So no one's ever going to know except us and all the listeners. We know. And whoever this girl is, if you're out there and you're the one that had your thumb in this boy's butthole, you know, call me, contact me, DM me, email me, come over. Let me pay for your therapy. We work with Talkspace. So, you know, Talkspace can help you out with that, babe. They got you. Like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I don't even know how to go on with my life right now. I'm just trying to imagine the image. She fingered his butthole when he kept clenching. So then instead of farting, he sharded. But then when she unplugged her finger, it just went everywhere. <laughs> and he orgasmed at the same time. I want to know if they're still dating. Okay, next story. Have you ever walked out while doing the deed? When I was 19, my girlfriend and I were fooling around in my room during the afternoon while my father was at work. I was going to town on her. She suddenly nice. stopped making any noise. So I looked up and she was covering her chest while staring at the door behind me. My father was standing in the doorway watching. I turned around, spotted him. Excuse me. If you see someone having sex, you have to make sound within the first five seconds or then it gets weird. It goes from accident to now just watching someone. We locked eyes and he turned and walked away. We never discussed the incident. A few years later, after much determination on my part to extract my revenge, I patiently waited for the perfect time to pay him back. Late one night, I returned home knowing that he was downstairs in the family room doing the deed on the couch. So I, like a ninja. I'm gonna assume his parents are divorced. Just had to put that out there. So I, like a ninja, entered the house and made my way downstairs into the laundry room, which was directly next to the family room. They had no idea I was there. The lights were off, the wrinkles were flapping, and I decided it was time to do some laundry. So I start by turning on the lights in the laundry room. Imagine being in your bedroom and someone turns on the hall light. About that level of illumination. The panting stopped. They froze, unsure if I realized they were there. I took my time, sorting the colors, loading the machine. Maybe I should do the whites first. Just going very slowly. While doing the laundry, I thought out loud. You know I might as well turn on the TV in the family room. I heard ever so faintly oh crap. The couch in the family room faced away from the laundry room. So it was completely reasonable to assume that if you just stayed quiet, Stop. Do you think he's fucking his son's girlfriend? Is that what's happening? Let's find out. It was possible you wouldn't be spotted. Knowing this, I never bothered walking past the couch. I just flipped on the lights, not the TV, just the lights. And I stood there debating out loud whether there was anything actually worth watching. 
maybe MTV, maybe ESPN, maybe Cinemax after dark, so many choices, difficult to make a decision. And as I contemplated the myriad of options, I let the glaringly bright lights bathe them in reality. Like the moment they turn on the lights at the club, when trying to usher people out the door. Like the first blinding ray of sunshine, after an all-night binge in Vegas, I wanted that cold finger of fear that I might see them run down each spine. After a few moments, I audibly decided to not to and to just go to bed. I could hear the physical relief being exhaled by both my father and his girlfriend, oh. as I slowly started to make my way to the staircase. As I exited the scene, I drove the nail home, by asking my father to check the dryer when he was done on the couch. Wow, you really told them, okay, clearly I've watched too many porn scenes where I just assumed he would walk in on his dad having sex with his girlfriend. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Just as bad. You, you got your dad. Good for you. Shout out to this week's gorgeous podcast sponsor. It is Hinge. Hinge is a dating app designed to be deleted. It's the only app that so many of my friends have met the love of their lives on, and they are literally married now. Weddings that I've attended over the years. So... Why do I love Hinge? Well, because Hinge allows you to find great dates through profile features that help you date more intentionally. Intentional dating is all about knowing who you are, what you're looking for, and expressing those desires and wants to others. It does the nitty-gritty work for you. Hinge makes it easier for you to ask for what you want right from the start through their dating intentions feature. Their dating intentions feature cuts the bullshit. You get to find partners who are on the same page as you before the first date even happens. So you don't have to wonder. For example, I currently have it set that I'm looking for a life partner. So it will only then match me with partners who are also serious about finding one as well. Life is already hard and your dating life shouldn't be. So thankfully, Hinge makes it easy to weed out all of the wrong ones. So again, download Hinge today and share your dating intentions to find someone worth deleting the app for. Love ya. There are so many exciting things this year that I'm looking forward to, like it getting darker faster outside, the weather getting colder, and seasonal depression. <laughs> Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but the seasons may be changing, but our moods don't have to because you don't have to do it alone anymore. Seasonal depression is a real thing and something that no one should ever feel embarrassed for experiencing, which is why I'm so proud to partner up with Talkspace to remove the stigma for good. Talkspace makes connecting with a therapist safe, easy, and most of all, affordable and in-network with most major insurers. Not only did it make a huge difference in my life, but I guarantee it will make a huge difference in yours. So why wait? Talkspace can help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and so much more. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments because the sessions are virtual with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home or wherever you're at. Like last time I did it when I was in Mexico and it just worked out for me. Okay, so Talkspace makes it so easy and convenient for you to connect with your therapist. You can even send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. As a listener of my podcast, you will get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash adulting to match with a licensed therapist today. So support this podcast and put your mental health first by going to Talkspace.com slash adulting to get $80 off of your first month. That is Talkspace.com slash adulting. Treat yourself. Okay, I have a story. 
This is actually really embarrassing. Have I ever walked out while doing the deed? So I'm going to share. I'm going to confess my own crazy story. So have I ever walked out while doing the deed? So I wasn't having SEX. This was in college. I was visiting some friends in Santa Barbara. And in Santa Barbara, there was this one university that's like known for all the best parties. And there was this one guy that had the biggest crush on. I was staying at this house, at this frat house. Me and a bunch of my friends were all friends who grew up together. And I had a crush on this guy. And I really wanted to confess my love for him. But I figured that maybe I would just, you know, actions speak louder than words. So at the party, we were like flirting with each other. And then later on, I... Before I left the party, I said, maybe I'll see you later tonight in your room. Wink. That was me flirting. And I just, I was just planning on making out with him. I was not trying to have sex with him, but I was like, kissing would tell him that I'm into him. So I went back to the house that we're all staying at and I kept hanging out with everyone. And then finally I was like, okay, everyone's back by now. I'm going to go to his room to surprise him. So I walked into his room. It was dark. I see him in his bed. I climbed to his bed and I was like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. And I was like, so should we start kissing? I was like, should we, you know, what's up? And he was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? To be honest, I've had a crush on you for the longest time too. I've always liked you. And I was like, what? No way. So we start making out and we start making out hot and heavy. We're not having sex. Big disclaimer. But we are making out hot and heavy in my head. I'm like, finally, it's happening. And then someone walks in and turns on the light. And we stop and the guy that walks in to turn on the light is the guy I have a crush on. So I'm looking at that guy thinking, what? And then I look to my side and it was his roommate who had a girlfriend who I befriended that day. So I'm sitting there, oh my God, what the fuck? And then the guy that I had a crush on was like, what the fuck? And then the guy next to me was like, hey. <laughs> anyway. I have such bad memory because it happened literally so long ago when I was at university. And that was like when I was like 18 or something or 19. So yeah, that was that. I never kissed either of those guys again. And I wish nothing but the best for that guy and his girlfriend. I hope they, they got married. Just kidding. I hope they broke up because, but you know, people in college. Was that a terrible story? I don't know. Okay, you guys. <laughs> I did my best. I'm hungry. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week and we have an amazing Thursday episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Almost Adulting and we have some fun mental health episode this Thursday. Love you besties. Bye.